Hey everyone, welcome to the next installment in our exclusive series, Sorta Taboo. This is a series we created just for our Sorta Awesome patrons. We're going to be exploring the awesome in the everyday in some different ways, ways that are frankly not safe for our regular episodes of Sorta Awesome. We want you to know that we are really, truly so grateful that you trust us with your support each month. And because of that, we want to trust you with some topics that are just a little bit too taboo to cover on our regular Friday shows. So I have Laura here with me today. We are going to be having a conversation that's the kind of conversation you usually only have with friends that you've known for years, because we're going to be talking all about all about the business of down there. <laughs> From grooming to uh, products that get us through our periods each month, we are going to cover it all. So get ready. Laura, I know you have a story to kind of get us started on all of this. Okay, let's just be ultra clear that this is definitely not something I would talk about on the regular show, like to tens of thousands of people, never in a million years. Right. This is only for a select few. Definitely. Um. So we're kind of going to talk a little bit about grooming down there, if you will. Mm -hmm. Megan and I have pretty different approaches and um, philosophies and moral objections to grooming down there. But I was thinking about it, like why I even started, um, why anyone would start shaving their bikini line or waxing or any of those things. And I remembered that when I was in the eighth or ninth grade... I had a super embarrassing situation happen to me at Whitewater. Oh my gosh, I've never heard this story. Seriously, I've never heard this story. So, you know, Whitewater or Wet and Wild or whatever, like a water park. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I don't know, 14, I guess. And um, obviously, I was 14 years old. I had not ever done any sort of (laughs) grooming. And um, in my swimming suit, it was like a very modest one-piece swimming suit. And I was running around with friends and whatever. And um, some things came out the side. Oh, no. And the the boy I liked pointed it out. (gasps) Oh. Could you you die? Oh, that's that's tough. That's... (laughs) (laughs) That is not a happy experience at that age or any age, let's be honest. No, it was horrifying. It was it was the opposite of <laughs> what you want to happen at any age, but like especially when you're, oh, you know, 13, yes. 14. Yeah. And so obviously I didn't start anything then that I remember, even though now that I'm thinking about it, I was in drill team and we wore those little tiny outfits, so who knows. But anyway, basically at a certain point – teenager dem, I did start shaving my bikini line. Okay, right. Just because, um, you know, for yeah. modesty and embarrassment purposes and whatever, like I started shaving my bikini line, but I have pretty sensitive skin, so it would get bumps. Like it would get like little tiny red bumps, like a rash. Okay, so this is high school. So are you just like trimming up the edges? Yeah, literally, my literal okay. bikini line. Like so okay. where... Um, where a swimsuit would go just so that you couldn't see anything. It would just be smooth yeah. leg or whatever. Yes. Except that it wasn't smooth leg because I always got like a ton of little mm, red bumps. Definitely. Yeah. Which isn't cute either. I mean, it's better than the alternative, but 
it's and and it's hurt like it was irritated like it was irritated yeah. skin yeah it's highly uncomfortable yeah yeah so i hated it so so basically i guess what i'm saying is when i first started grooming down there it had nothing to do it was literally just for um like the most basic vanity reasons it wasn't sure. for um anything sexual or um right or right. anything you know it was yeah. literally like you just don't want things yeah. coming out the edges. Exactly. Exactly. Just got to do a little tidying, a little housekeeping. Yes. Keep everything nice and smooth for the pool and whatever. Yeah. So when I moved to Los Angeles, a bunch of my friends would get waxed. Like they got bikini waxes. Okay. So I started doing that as well because we a, a group of friends, of girlfriends and I had like a woman at this little like boutique spa who would – do it for really cheap. Like if you came in, as long as you committed to coming in every other week, I guess she wanted the regular customers. And mm-hmm. I would go in every other Friday and it was $10. Okay. Well, for oh anyone who's ever gotten wax, that was really cheap. That's crazy cheap. Really cheap. But it was truly just your bikini line. Like it took five minutes. She waxed it. Um, in that area of your body, like the actual, simply just the bikini line, it does not hurt that badly. That area is not that sensitive. I've been waxing my eyebrows for years, so I knew what hot wax gotcha. felt like. Yeah. Um, but the reason I'm even saying that is because when I started doing it, I just had no idea that um, grooming down there like had any roots in porn mm-hmm. or, um, you know, like suppression or oppression or whatever. Like I had nothing to do with anything like that. Yeah. There was no political feminist aspect or angle for you. It was absolutely none. And at -hmm. at that time I was not even like sexually active or anything. It was literally like, (laughs) like a person would shave their armpit or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, And that, that woman who would, let us do it for $10 if we came every other week. She started doing like more and more. <laughs> Just inching in a little bit every time. Liter- no, literally. So like, so it just kept, I just kept having less and less um, down there. And found as, as it sort of inched in over the months that I liked it. It was just very easy and clean and I thought it looked cute. Again, it was a total personal preference. At that time, I literally knew nothing about like why certain women would choose to do that or whatever. Right. Right. Um, but then, so, so, and then, and then, so it ended up, I ended up getting like almost a full Brazilian at that time. Okay. So, I mean, over, like this is over, I don't know, a year or something. And so just to clarify for anybody who is unfamiliar with any of the terms, the Brazilian is where you have basically like a strip of hair that's left sort of down the middle. Yes. And then everything else is gone. Now, and I'm kind of skipping ahead because um, eventually as like I got, I started to do more and more. And then so you do everything except like a little Mm -hmm. strip of hair. And then, I mean, they even do the back that's like hmm. the Brazilian. They do. Oh. <laughs> Did you know See? that? Nope. Didn't know till just now. <laughs> yeah, like they, they turn you around. Like you do. 
Oh, wow. The front, and you're laying on a bed. Okay. And then they turn you around, and you lay on your stomach. Okay. I mean, in case people don't know, and some people probably don't, like, a person who's waxing you really gets in there. (laughs) I had imagined, I had envisioned that that would be the case, but this is... This is more invasive than I thought it was going to be. I find it more invasive than going to the gynecologist. It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah because they are really getting in there. They are they are maybe moving things aside to get into areas. They are like really like they are like. I, I wish, wish people could see. My I wish hand you motions. could see the hand motions <laughs> that Laura is using right now <laughs> to illustrate for me how deeply they're getting in. <laughs> And what's being moved aside. It probably wouldn't sell it for people if they didn't know my hand motions. But like, yeah, they're really, I mean, it is an, it is. It's intimate. Intimate. In fact, I, at this point, I've been going to the same wax person for like 15 years. It's different than the original person I was talking to, talking about. And um, I feel like she knows, she knows my situation (laughs) almost as well as anyone ever has. It sounds like it. This is a person of deep trust. She is way in your circle of trust in your life. So um, by the time I was in my mid-20s or whatever, I don't know, years into doing it and, and getting Brazilians all that time, I eventually became aware, however, who, however one does, that like, oh, this is, you know, not taboo because so many of my friends did it, but like this is like – anti-feminist or whatever. Right. It's a, it's an issue that people have feelings about. Thoughts and feelings. Big more feelings. Than, more than just, oh, look how everything's so nice and tidy down here. Right. And I yeah, was like, okay. wait, what? Like, I did not even know that. And that did give me pause for like half a second. But then I was like, <laughs> no, I like it. Right. Yeah. Like, I, you know... I don't know. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. If then once you find out something, if you should then change your behavior only, it just wasn't about anyone else or about politics or anything. Like by that time, I, um, I liked the way it felt. It's was cleaner for me. I'm a sensitive person. My skin is sensitive. I'm sensitive to (laughs) the way things like feel like when I was a kid, well, we've talked about on the main show, like I probably had what is it called? Like a sensory, yes. a lot of sensory issues. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially when I was younger. It's a lot of those I've grown out of a little bit, but like I have sensory things. So right. for me to be very clean and tidy down there, like I like vastly preferred it. I liked mm-hmm. the way it felt in, you know, when I was wearing underwear or tight jeans or whatever. Um, I liked the way it looked. Mm-hmm. Frankly, right. um, now, I guess you can say here, here's where the feminist part is. I liked the way it looked because culture had taught me to like the way that looked or whatever. I mean, like, I get it. It's, I'm not stupid about the situation here. But then I also liked it on my period. Everything was clean or mm-hmm. as clean as one could possibly be in mm-hmm. the time of the month. So I ended up just preferring it myself. Now, when I was early married, I decided I wanted to get lasered. This is before I had kids. I can't remember what year it was. 
was definitely before I had my first child. So I wanted lasering, getting your hair lasered off was all the rage. People were doing their legs, their armpits, their, you know, wasn't just in your bikini area, but I did my armpits and my bikini area. Um, <laughs> this is really too much information, but my hair is not dark or coarse enough for it to take. So oh, the, yeah. the yeah. best candidates for laser hair removal are if you have, um, very dark, hair. Mm -hmm. And, um, especially if it's on the coarser side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Mine is neither of those things. So it didn't, it, I will say it worked in that it definitely thinned out the growth, but I'd been Mm -hmm. waxing for so long, even by then. And especially by now, it's sort of hard to tell like chicken or the egg. It definitely took away a lot of the growth, probably minimum 50%, but it didn't make it. I was under the illusions when I started it because lasering is quite expensive and quite a time investment. You have to go like six to 12 times, right? It's like a whole thing, which I did. Mm -hmm. But I was like thinking when I did that, that then I would just be like smooth as a whistle for life. Right. And And that was not the reality. That was not the reality under my armpits or in my bikini area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So now cut to whatever, 10 years later, I still wax mm-hmm. regularly. I shave my legs. I shave my armpits. I wax my bikini area. And I say that because some people wax all of it or laser all of it or whatever. I don't wax my legs. Because it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've been going for so long now. Does it still hurt when you go for your appointments? Yes, it is. It is hot wax in your most sensitive skin area. I mean, it hurts. And I will tell you, it doesn't it doesn't kill me because I've been doing it for a long time. And I, you know, take a cup of Advil before I go. There's some tricks like don't go right before your period. That's when you're really uber sensitive. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're the least sensitive kind of in the earliest days of your cycle. Okay. Um, because some people are also very sensitive during their ovulation. So just so if you kind of know right. w- where yeah. you are is, is just when your skin will be the least sensitive. Again, I take two Advil, but like it is, it, it, it hurts. So I will say the back does not hurt at all. That's interesting. I wasn't that weird that yeah. not at all. Like it's like nothing. It hurts less oh. than your eyebrows to me anyway. I don't know what that says about my nerve endings, but I'm just <laughs> telling you. But the the front, <laughs> the front of your <laughs> hoo-hoo, if you will. <laughs> Listen, we're, well, this is us talking. We're not going to use all that. <laughs> well, I'm not, not using use. biological anatomical no. labels today. If you and I were sitting with a glass of wine, I would never, I would not be like saying, Megan, let me talk to you about my labia. <laughs> I would not. I would be like. In my hoo-hoo, the front part, <laughs> when they put hot wax on it and then rip it off aggressively, yes, it hurts. I'm not going to lie to anybody about that. And I I will – another thing I will say, a word of warning. I took a girlfriend um, who'd never been before. Like, I'd been talking about it to her for years, and she was curious but didn't – anyway, it was like a silly, like a kind of inside joke kind of thing. And so for her birthday, I got her like a gift certificate, and we went for her to get her first bikini wax. And she had not let her hair grow out. So she was a shaver. Okay. Right, right. And um, really, if you're going to get waxed, you need to let your hair grow out. Like it can't – so the the wax has something to like catch on to. Because it's ripping by the root. But anyway, Mm -hmm. 
She had not really. And she had like just a tiny, tiny bit of growth. And it, I think that that pain level for her was way amplified. I think it hurts mm. less when you have something there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Um. Anyway, I just prefer it. I don't do it. Like, what's important for me to say now as a, you know, crawling towards 40-year-old person who's been married a long time, who's had two babies, like, there's been a lot of you know, goings on down there. And I don't do it for anyone else. I don't do it for my husband. I don't mm-hmm. do, like, I do it for me. I like the way it feels. I love, I got it done right before I had both of my children. I mm-hmm. loved it. There's so much goop in your yeah, life yeah. after you have a child. There's just like stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere, all the time. Yes. There's so much stuff. Yeah. Um, and pain and all, you know, swelling and like all that kind of thing. I was really glad to, to have done it right before then. Anyway, I know you feel differently. I know you have like philosophical feels about it. So I do want to hear it because I'm open to hearing it. I just don't, I just feel like for me, it's important to say like, I do it for me. Yeah. 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 I don't have like, I mean, it's not, it's not a soapbox issue for me. It's more just like, again, preference thing. Um, I also did not know about, I mean, I'm so naive. I didn't know any of the, the roots in porn, like until I was a a very full grown adult lady. (laughs) No, me neither. Especially the part about the part that gave me the most pause was not the political part of, of it. What was the, like making yourself more infantile. Right. Exactly. Is a real problem. Like that to me, I was like, oh gosh, like that's creepy and weird. Yes. Um, And not what I would want, you know, I I don't want to get involved in any kind of thought process of that with me or a partner or whatever. Like I, you know, that's yucky. That is not, but I get why that's a real conversation. I mean, that's like a real thing. Yeah, it is. And so I didn't know that aspect for a very long time. I was more, again, just sort of everyone knows I have the crunchy roots and let's be as natural as possible. I have no issue. And here's an interesting thing I want to talk about is you and I came up in a time in our culture where some shaving was very normal and natural. But like when I was in high school, college, when I was in sorority and, and Kyle and I got married super early, like I didn't know anybody who was waxing anything, really. Maybe their eyebrows. No, me neither. That's why I didn't start doing it until I moved to California. I didn't know about the waxing. I do think it's become more of a thing, though, right? For girls that are like teen and and college age. I think it's – and maybe even into their 20s. It feels to me culturally, it feels like it's become more of the norm. Oh, yes. But I I think that's a full culture thing, which I – I can plead that originally I was ignorant to it, but I'm not ignorant to it now. I was, I, you know, even after a few years then, I, w- I became very aware of it, especially because in the time of like Playboy bunnies and, mm-hmm. you know, even more mainstream culture, even if you, you know, it was not like I was watching porn. That's why I didn't know that that's where right. it even came from. Exactly, exactly. But then yeah. like when like nudity and culture type of things were maybe became a little bit more mainstream. And then you have like, um, you know, teenagers who wear thongs and stuff. Well, when you're wearing a thong. Sure. Yes. You're not yeah. just going to be like free flowing. It's hard to be free flowing if you have on skimpy underwear. 
Exactly. And so I started wearing thong underwear in college. That was when it was sort of really becoming more like a normal thing. But see, I didn't. I didn't wear thong underwear in college. That's I I think I wore, I liked cute underwear, like silky or lacy or whatever, but I did not. No. Oh, there's this really, I know I was in college because there's this really fantastic moment. Um, Kyle and I used to go to his parents' house um, in his hometown um, on the weekends, usually like twice a month. His mom would be like, this was before we were married. His mom would be like, bring your laundry. I'll run it through the machines while you're here. <laughs> nope. Yep. I it was just, I didn't even think about it. I had gotten so used to wearing them and I didn't, again, I I wore them for personal comfort for the panty line thing. I wore, because of my job, I had to wear um, skirts and dresses a lot. And so I liked having thongs and I genuinely did not even think of them like, oh, look at my sexy underwear. But she ran through a load of my laundry, got it out, folded it, and uh, was handing the stack back to me. And she was like, I just don't know how you girls these days could think those are comfy. She didn't say anything. She didn't say thong or underwear or anything. She just said those. And I was like, I'm sure I turned bright red because I knew immediately what she was talking about. So. Well, at least her joke was about comfort and not about like, I, well, yes, situation I mean, with her I son. know. But- <laughs> I'm sure. I don't even want to know where her thoughts went to, but I was so embarrassed. Um, but yes, so even though I have I have never been a waxer, I for years have done the housekeeping down there in terms of just shaping up the edges. But I do think that a lot of my just sort of crunchiness is like, let's just try to be natural and embrace the bodies we're given. But I really don't have a leg to stand on in that area because I totally shade my legs and underarms. So I know I do think I have thought about it. So I'm um, pretty comfortable with nudity in general. And so like, I'm go new to the spa, I will walk into my bedroom, I don't like cruise around the house naked, but like my kids have seen me naked is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. And I have really started to think as my daughter's gotten older, that she literally has no idea what a um, norm, not normal, what a Ungroomed, a natural, a natural woman looks like. Like, she doesn't even know Mm -hmm. that's an option, like that that's how it would grow in or whatever. Like, I think that she would think, if you asked her, that that is what a grown woman looks like is me, which is not. That's, it's totally not natural. And so I have thought, like, well, gosh, do we, do we talk about it? And then so think about that now. So women our age, you know, mm-hmm. I had kids a little later than some people. So women our age have teenagers now often, like you do. So if they started wearing thongs or waxing in their early 20s, they're now having children who don't know what natural women look like, who are wearing the thongs, who are getting waxed at 15, blah, blah, blah. So it's like a cycle that we're in. We're in the middle of. It definitely is. It's so interesting. I mean, like I said, uh, I'm totally natural in that department, Daisy and AJ, my daughters, they both have, they, we're very nudity open around here. I mean, they're less so now that they're, you know, moving into a stage of really wanting to be modest. Anyway, as things have started to change for them, we've had lots of discussions along the way of like, you know, it starts with shaving legs and then, you know, what's the next step? And I've tried to just be really open and, and really, just like it, it, it truly is your body and your decision how you, what you want to do for all of this. Just know that, you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to both and it, whatever you feel comfortable with is fine, but they definitely have seen, okay, this is what, <laughs> this is what it's going to look like eventually. <laughs> 
if I don't, you know, start shaving in this area. So it is. There's a lot of dynamics there. And then I'm just going to be a hundred percent honest and say that, yes, I do have the natural thing, but also I am very afraid of how much it would hurt. <laughs> very afraid. It does hurt. And I also will say, I don't want to like minimize the, the sexual aspect to it um, because there is that, even though mm-hmm. that's not how I started, why I started doing it or or even why a lot of people, I think, would start doing it. You mentioned earlier that kids are not kids, but that younger people are getting it done. And I think for a lot of sports, people do it. Mm-hmm. If you're a swimmer or a gymnast or a dancer or anything, you're definitely, definitely um, doing most, if not all, right. cleaning up down there for the outfits that you're wearing and whatever. Sure. Sure. Um, so even if it doesn't start – in a place that's sexual, there is a sexual aspect to it. And because I have in whatever, in times of my life, like kind of let it go more natural because I got lazy or because I thought I was just going to whatever, try it out. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there is, I mean, there's a difference to the way that sex feels. Yeah. yeah. Um, just, the, just the physics of it would yeah, I could imagine that there it would feel different, obviously. There's a difference. And I don't I there's gonna be a preference. You're gonna have a, a person that's gonna have a preference, their partner might have a preference. Um so I'm not trying I just I guess I wanna say like that's a part of it. It's not the main part for me anymore or mm-hmm. whatever, but it's it's a thing. It's a factor. Yeah. I guess well, I'll say. and you know, just to kind of transition our conversation a little bit to other aspects of, of our all of the lady stuff that we have to take care of. Um, so you had mentioned that one of the reasons that you do like and prefer waxing is because it makes period weeks be a little bit tidier or, you know, I mean, there, like you said, there's not a whole lot that you can do to make it like super comfortable, but... It's definitely the cleanup situation, Mm -hmm. your own personal cleanup. Like when you go to the bathroom, when you're on your period is quicker and easier and smoother, like pun intended. It's all just like, yeah, you don't, I could see that. I could see that. And I truly can see the appeal because I mean, talk about stories going back to our adolescence. Um, I was terrified to use a tampon until I was getting ready to go to college. So I started my period when I was in the sixth grade, first time. Wow. So that was years and years and years of every month wearing, you know, Kotex or whatever, like from the grocery store pads. And I hated it. I hated it, hated, hated it so much. I felt, you know, all of the like sort of stereotypical, like, oh, I can't go swimming and all of that stuff. But also just and I do have some, also some sensory issues, the physical sensation of wearing those pads every month. I hated it so much. So, um, so I have, most of you all know, I have a younger sister who's um, just 14 months younger than me, Emily. She also started, you know, kind of in the same age range. She started using a tampon years before I did. And before I left for college, she was like, Megan, you cannot go to college without knowing how to use a tampon. You're 18 years old. You're going to be a freshman in college. We're going to get through this. So I have very- Wait, what was your holdup? Were you, you were scared was, it would hurt or you thought it was I just, weird? I didn't, I could not 
I mean, just, I could not get it to go in. I'd be, and now in retrospect, I was so tense and so nervous about it mm. that I just, I was like, there's something wrong with my vagina. I can't get it to go in. <laughs> I would, I would get, <laughs> I would get the instruction pamphlet out of my mother's Tampax boxes and like study it like it was the Bible. <laughs> like, okay, this is, I need to, I need to prop my leg up. I need to do this or that. I would just like study it and be like, okay, I can do this. Like every woman can put a tampon in. Why can I not figure it out? So I have this very vivid memory of this, the summer before I left for college, my sister was like, come on, we're doing this. She, we got a box of tampons. She stood outside the bathroom door. I did. I was like, I cannot have you in here. She was like, all right, but I will come in if I need to. She stood outside the bathroom door and I was like sweating and so tense. And she was like, you have to relax, like calling through the door. You have to relax. So finally, finally, the in the weeks before I went off to school, I figured out how to use a tampon. Um, and then once I started, I like never, ever wore a pad again, became a total exclusive tampon user. Well, fast forward years, and you can imagine, first of all, then when I did have my um, oldest child, I, I, you know, was like, I've got to figure out pads for after the baby's born. And I hadn't worn pads for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, and, and uh, so, you know, like you were talking about the postpartum, ugh, so terrible. And I was recovering from a C-section and just like everything in life felt terrible because your body is just like so wrecked. I had, that was the only C-section of mine where I had labored and I labored for like, I don't know, a long time, hours and hours and hours before the C-section. So I was completely just like demolished. And then to have to wear those God awful pads, postpartum pads after was bad. So by the time AJ, our next child came along, I had discovered, um, the world of crunchy living and natural family living and cloth diapering and all of these things. And I discovered that there were natural options, first of all, because then I started getting freaked out, like, oh my gosh, I've been wearing these conventional tampons for years. I'm probably going to get cancer or whatever, <laughs> whatever the thing is that hippies get, <laughs> get the kids hippies up at night. <laughs> and um, so I decided to try some different natural ones. I thought I'll try these sea sponge tampons. I'm so grossed out right now. It's a thing that I tried one time and I was like, no, I was like having flashbacks to being 18 and not being able to get <laughs> get my first tampon in. It was it was as disastrous as you can imagine. Now, I'm sure there are people listening who have tried those and they, they weren't great, but they were not for me. Well, then though, as I started to prepare for um, AJ to be born, I was like, I thought, well, I'll check out some of these postpartum cloth pads. And because I knew I was going to have to wear pads again, and I could not stand it. Was, there was something very, very so agitating to me about the tape and plastic feel mm-hmm. of of regular pads. Oh, and it's I just, just the worst. It just feels so gross. It's the worst. So I did. I bought some cloth pads to get me through postpartum after AJ was born. And I was like, these are not that bad. I mean, there is some care in them. You do have to – I mean, you just – a lot of people will soak them and then toss them in with whatever laundry is going through. You can wash them with towels or some people wash them with the regular laundry. But I was like, this is a revelation. I did go back to wearing re- regular tampons, but I kept those cloth pads for nighttime and they have actually held up for a long time. Um, 
which I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Wait, are they, I actually don't know what cloth pads are. Are they like regular pads or are they like underwear or what are they like? Well, it's so funny. Well, let's talk about it now because I know you're a big fan of Thinks, period, panties. Mm -hmm. It's essentially the same concept. It's just that these are actual pads. They're not, they are not underwear, although you can certainly, lots of um, cloth pad makers started to kind of make panty type things or underwear type things before Thinks came out. But they're, they're shaped like a regular pad, but they're made of natural, you know, materials. And they, a lot of them have like a snap. They have wings and then you snap them mm. under your underwear to hold them into place. Um, so again, I don't wear those regularly now, but um, I do still keep them on hand for nighttime. Um, but it's so interesting then that things came out and people were like, oh my gosh, this is the best idea. Whereas if I had talked about cloth pads in the past, people were like, oh my gosh, that's so disgusting. But well, really but the thing same. is, I don't know what cloth pads look like because I'm, this is the first I've ever talked to anyone about them. But, um, I think a huge thing with thinks period panties, that's what we're talking about. T H I N X period mm-hmm. panties that I'm a big fan of is not only was their marketing fantastic. So mm-hmm. it went very mainstream very quickly, but it's because they're cute mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nothing right. that is crunchy is marketed as cute. No, no. It's really not. Like when you say the words cloth pad, I don't think cute. Yeah. Um, the things period panties are actually, they are black underwear looking things. Right. And they have mm-hmm. everything from like boy biker shorts, so very full coverage to thongs, even for your lighter days. And they're made out of, um, it's sort of satiny, but it's thick like, like a, like a wetsuit material almost not even not even as thick as a wetsuit but right. s- similarish to that but maybe a little more satiny but anyway from if you were saw someone in them you wouldn't even know they were in them they look like black underwear right now if you yes. touch them they are a little bit different than underwear so whatever and but they don't feel weird against your skin and then you do wash them if you've had a very heavy day i would rinse them first mm-hmm. um and because they're black this is this is also sensory because they're black you don't see all of the yuckiness. Exactly. Um, I wish I'd had them after my kids. You know, after I had uh, vaginal births with both of my children and I had complications with my daughter. Anyway, I was a disaster area down there. Like I couldn't even, I didn't wear pads postpartum. I had to wear like Depends. Mm. Like I was Mm -hmm. such a mess. And so also just like, again, swelling and um, all kinds of stuff in addition to everything that exits your body. <laughs> right, right, right. I was just so yucky that I wore basically depend. I mean, I did. I had my mom mm-hmm. go buy me some depends because I was like, I am just spilling out everywhere. <laughs> I don't even right. know what these liquids are. Right. Like, there's just so Ugh. much happening um, that pads wouldn't have even covered it. I wish that I had had thinks. You because think that would have held up to, to postpartum? <sighs> I mean, I think you might have had to have a few pair and rotated them. You couldn't have worn them all day like you do for a period. I will wear one pair of things all day. Oh, that's so great. And then wash Ooh. it at night. And I have, you know, everyone's period is different and people's period changes as it gets older. At this point in in my cycle game, I have one, I only have like one really heavy day. Okay. And then a medium day and then, and then some linger. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me to, you know... 
On the one pretty heavy day, I might wear a tampon with my thinks if I'm going to be out and about, like if I'm going to be gone all day. I might not trust only the thinks, but on my medium day and everything else, I, I don't wear anything else. I just wear my thinks and they look cute, feel cute. They don't, they even kind of, um, I mean, we are really getting into it here, but they even kind of like absorb. So like when you, when you go to the bathroom oh, yeah, yeah. on the day. Kind of, kind of wicks it away. Yes. Right? It's not yeah. like, you know how like with um, pads or whatever, that also kind of absorb a little bit, but also some stuff kind of sits on the top. Yes. And you kind of have to like do this whole cleanup shebang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the magic of the thinks is, but it does, it truly absorbs. <laughs> Right, right. And and again, it's so interesting because a lot of that technology I had already been familiar with from cloth diapering and again, cloth pad makers. Once once cloth pad makers, a lot of them were the same ones. They would made both pads and cloth diapers. And it was that same, the wicking materials um, that keep, I mean, they originally, I came across it, it keeps them, your baby's pee away from its skin, you know, when they're wearing cloth diapers. Yeah, that's so. what I mean about sensory. It's not even like you feel, even though you're only wearing the underwear, you don't like feel it against your skin like you do with a pad where you're just like kind of squishing around. <laughs> it's, it's Which is the technical term. <laughs> it's not that. I'm like, I don't know where this liquid is going. It's some sort of thing's magic, but I love some it. Kind of, some kind of sorcery. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. And, and it's fine. And they're cute and they're black. So it's, I don't know. I, I, yeah. Uh, do you, yeah. Now, you know, some people use the Diva Cup. I was going to say, I think it's the thing that you and I both agree, it's not for us. Nope, it's not. I mean, conceptually, so, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I've watched, I've watched a ton of YouTube videos. I've watched explanations. I've read explanations. I just... And we, you and I, have dear friends who've tried to, they've campaigned and tried to get us on the Diva Cup or the whatever cup. I mean, I know there's a ton of different brands. Okay, but one of our dear friends who is a Diva Cup user and was trying to get us to use it (laughs) also described her first time as using it when she took it out as a murder scene. (laughs) She spilled it or whatever, and she said it just went everywhere. And like, so I was like, no, this is not selling me at all. No, I, um, I don't, I don't want it. I just can't. I under, I'm like you, I completely understand the concept and I know there are passionate fans of it and I get, I believe people when they say that it's awesome and it's changed their life. I just cannot imagine the, um, the insertion and the, the, uh, what's the opposite of insertion? The withdrawal. (laughs) The withdrawal. There's so many, the so many it, things that withdrawal brings to mind. <laughs> the getting it in and out part terrifies me. You're right. In and out is a better phrase. No, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so yeah. So I've never tried it. Uh, I always, I used to think for a long time, I'm going to give that a try. But here's the thing too. They're like $40. No, so, but so the things period panties are too. I should say that. They're like $38 or something. I feel like the 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 period panties are more accessible than than Diva. I do understand that the the pan the period panties are expensive. But like I can imagine myself using those, you know, cycle after cycle. But if I get a Diva cup and I cannot figure it out, I've might as well flush $40 down the toilet. 
So, yeah, I mean, that is kind of expensive, but, but no, I just can't, I don't know, but I still use tampons. I don't love tampons after children. Tampons have not been the same, (laughs) honestly. Nothing's ever the same. Um, I know. I, like you're like there's something there that wasn't there before. What are we doing? We have a new route. <laughs> I also I truly we just talked about Lola um Lola brand tampons on the show. I have used those for years. I love them. They're 100% organic cotton so it does totally meet my crunchy needs. Um so yeah, I'm totally happy with them. I just Like you said, nothing's going to be like super great that time of the month anyway. So you just kind of got to figure out what's the, what's the least horrible (laughs) situation, right? Yeah. And to circle back, one of the things that makes all of everything that goes on down there better is to be groomed for me. Mm -hmm. To not add that added layer of cleanup or barrier or whatever for all the things periods sex bathroom style like whatever like everything that goes on in the nether region it's all better when it's all to me i know that's not i'm not like saying everyone should sure try it it's not for everyone i think my friend who that i took who it really really hurt her she also didn't even love it like, I don't mm. think she hated it or anything. She was just like, this does not justify the pain and the cost. Right. Because it's monthly, or I can, you know, kind of stretch it to six weeks because I've been doing it for so long, so my hair doesn't grow immediately back. But it's expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can be anywhere from 50 to $100, depending on where you live and, and how much you're getting done and whatever. So it's expensive. It's, you know, t- you know, takes time out of your life once a month. Like, it's... Yeah, so so she ended up being like wasn't even simply the pain factor, but she was just like, I this just doesn't even like I don't even like it enough to justify all this craze. Yeah, totally makes sense. Oh my goodness. So we've shared with you all of our things. Like you guys, <laughs> you Patreon patrons genuinely know us better than some of our own actual girl- girlfriends <laughs> do at this point. So thank you so much for letting us uh share this conversation with you. <laughs> This highly important conversation that we've had. Highly important. If you want to talk to us about some of the things that we have um, mentioned today, you can go to the to the Patreon support page for Sorta Awesome and look for the post that has uh, the Sorta Taboo um, uh, episode in it, and and we can talk in the in the comments there if you want to. It's a little bit more private than our usual Facebook discussions. You can email us anytime too at Sorta Awesome Megan at Gmail dot com. So, any closing thoughts on? private parts or (laughs) I think I've used all my private parts words today. Good. Okay. Well, thank you all again so much for your ongoing support of Sword Awesome. It really does mean so much to us and thanks for listening and we'll see y'all next time.